Hello and welcome to episode 125 of Kaiju Curry House, the fortnightly show that gives you a healthy portion of Kaiju goodness every other Monday. I'm your host Paul Williams and today we are talking about our our dream plots of films, the, the missed opportunities uh, from franchises that we love and potentially some some new ideas. What you know what what would we like to see? Now we're doing this in isolation so I have no idea what Joe and Alex are going to say. They have no idea what I'm going to say. They won't be able to we won't be able to derail each other. Um, unfortunately that also means that no one's here to ask me the question, so we'll just have to insert that now. Paul, what have Kaiju been up to, sir? Why, thank you. So, what have I been up to? Not a huge amount, which I know is a shocker. Yeah, it's the summer holidays. My my time is, is very limited. Uh, but I did watch a movie. Now, this movie is called, and I'm probably going to pronounce it wrong, Shi Wang Do which translates to King Serpent Island. Now, I came across this on YouTube, which is obviously not the correct way to watch it, but someone uploaded the whole movie there and it was recommended, you know, on my watch list. So I thought I'll give it a go because I fancied watching a monster movie that I hadn't heard of. I thought, why not? Let, let's see how bad this is. Um, so it's a Chinese movie. It's dubbed. Sorry, it's, um, it's not dubbed. It was subbed. Uh, there might be a dubbed version out there. I it's very rare I see Chinese films. I don't think they're really in the the mainstream, so it's quite it was quite nice to see one. And um, uh, the the plot I, I found it on IMDb. It had a four out of ten rating, and the plot reads: This story is about Snake King's descendants teaming up with animal protection experts to fight against a black market snake hunting gang bought by real estate developers on Snake King Island. Which I know doesn't really sound like... It, it does sound like a plot, but it also sounds a bit strange. Which it is. But basically, this um, there is this island. There's Snake Island, um, where the Snake King lives. But no one seems to know about this, this giant snake. Um, anyway, the real estate company wants to bulldoze you know, the island down. They bought it. They're going to knock it all down and build condos or homes or, or something like that. You know, a typical typical idea of, of what the greedy people want to do. Um, but it turns out there's these snakes around and you can't, you can't destroy the habitat. So they get in touch with this black market snake hunting group who, you know, go in and hunt the snakes for sport or, you know, to, to use their, their parts to make shoes, bags, whatever they use them for. Um, and obviously they're saying, right, you take care of this problem, we'll pay you lots of money and we can do our development. Great. But there is the, <laughs> there's the snake protection experts, the animal protection experts who are going there to find evidence of the, the snakes. So they can say, no, look, there's these endangered species. We need to keep it safe. We, can, we can't allow development. And this snake king descendant, which I, I might have glossed over, but basically there's a guy who's quite a good fighter and seems to have a way with snakes. So he's teaming up with these, um, with the protection people, again, trying to prove that there's a snake there so that the island will be safe, the snakes will be left alone. And the thing is, 
this I really enjoyed this film, which I didn't think I would because a four out of ten rating isn't great. The fact it's subtitled, and I, I'm not a huge fan of sub. I much prefer dubbed because I like to be able to watch what's happening rather than try and read and watch at the same time. But there wasn't anything really bad. I mean, I'm not going to say this is great. You know, there's there's no nowhere I'd say, oh, you must watch this film. But because I went in thinking this is just going to be bad, you know, because you think, oh, it's going to be really corny acting. It's going to be really ropey special effects. But it wasn't. The special effects was like, they were really solid. This snake. I'm not going to say it was real, but it 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 looked decent. It looked like this film had a bit of budget. And I've never really, I guess, seen much from China before. And I'm now going to end up going down a rabbit hole of what other Chinese films were about. Because this has now kind of set expectations that there could be some really good kaiju films out there that just aren't really made available to the international audience. And maybe they are somewhere. Um, and YouTube, obviously, it's not the right way to do it, but it's is where you come across things. If anything, I'm perhaps going to find some trailers and find out how the distribution is. You know, I'll go through it. And if, if I find anything, I will let you, of course, know in a, in a future episode. But um, if you're curious, go on to YouTube and search for King Serpent Island. It was a 2021 film, so quite recent. And um, I won't pronounce any of the names of the actors, actresses, directors, because I will butcher them. Uh, but the, the acting was absolutely fine. There was nothing, uh, there was one guy who was a bit goofy, but yeah, there was nothing that stood out as, oh, they can't act. You know, they all played their part fine. The directing was all solid. There was nothing, it wasn't all choppy and, you know, there, there wasn't anything that suggested this was a indie film. You know, you think, oh, this is a capable director. These are capable actors. The, the special effects were fine. The music uh, not knowing that stands out, but it was all it was all good. It was all average to good rating. Um which I said going in with low expectations just made it seem better. Uh, so now I'm worried that I've told you it's good, you're gonna go in and and think it's not. So um plan for the worst and um you know hope for the best. So yeah that's that's my that's what I've been up to. Right, okay, so now we're going to switch up and we are going to talk about ideas. Now, come prepared. So, now we all know that I like Tremors. Mm. So, missed opportunities. The Tremors TV series lasted for one season. Now, its budget was dire. You could tell that with the effects. They had, they had no budget. We had... Um, was it Toby Barron come on the show uh, who I think worked on one episode and he said literally they were they were sent to the store like sent to the store um here's 50 bucks can you find something to make a monster with it, it was they just had no funding Tremors has a huge cult following as we know because it's had six films you know it's it's popular why not bring back the series why not well, we saw Kevin Bacon try to do one why not kickstart it there's so many fans you could let, let's bring Tremors back. The fans are here. The fans will, you know, put the money where their mouth is, and they'll say yes, we will fund it. Let's see uh, a new movie with Kevin Bacon. Let's see um, a, a reboot, uh, a reimagining of the series. And and if we don't want to do that, let's say Tremors. Tremors isn't what it used to be. No one 
wants to see tremors they say no it, it's done we're done give us something new the tremor series introduced us to Mixmaster, which if you didn't watch the series and i completely understand why if you didn't if you do watch the series there's a thing called Mixmaster, which uh, christopher lloyd back to the future scientist yeah he was working on this thing in this underground secret uh, laboratory you know like bert was always paranoid about the government and stuff so yeah they were working on this thing that would mix dna and so in the series they're basically going around finding these creatures and then they also have the graboids to deal with every now and again so let's ditch the graboids and let's focus solely on mixmaster which is mixing the dna of different animals out in the desert you can get a scorpion mixed with a dragonfly i don't know um but just think of all the different animals you can mix together how cool they would be if you had a bit of a budget behind it and it doesn't have to be serious let's have some fun with it let's go schlocky you know why not do i don't know how popular it's be but like ash versus the evil dead let's just go all all gory let's have some fun with it let's take these creatures and just say right here's some actors run around you got a chainsaw and a gun and these weird little creatures are going to come up you can cut them up and we'll just say yeah this this is going to be an adult schlocky just hell of a ride fun where each week they have a different monster to track down uh, they could be the scientists that created Mixmaster, or maybe they're just um some hunters that have been hired by the government to keep this a secret and destroy the creatures it doesn't have to be long we can have half an hour episodes it can be a limited run so there's only like six to eight episodes but i just think that would be a really cool idea and it's not something that i've seen done before so that's first on the list second on the list keeping with tremors missed opportunities we've had a graboid we've had a shrieker we've had the arse blaster we've had the little baby um graboids we've had um the shrieker that was no we didn't have the shrieker actually we had the arse blaster that was in africa and was huge and we had the graboid that was that was bigger so actually what happened to the shrieker in africa we never saw that life cycle the graboid was bigger the arse blaster was really awesome and you know quite terrifying compared to what well they were before not that that's difficult so what about the shriekers what what is the african shrieker look like how badass is that gonna look and also while we're at it how about an underwater graboid we never saw them go underwater that's a whole whole thing there i know it's a bit more difficult with people but we can have some undersea laboratory going on can't we or we can have a a, you can't really do a cruise ship, can you? But I just want to—I want to see some aquatic themed graboids. I want to know what that would do. Let's say they invade SeaWorld. They're—they're they're amphibious, actually, so they go land and water, and we're going to see them go. No, I'll say they go get—they get Shamu, but that's not. No, um, but you get my idea. We want to see some underwater graboids, and if they're amphibious, then that would be really cool because they can go into swimming pools into theme parks and just places where you think you're safe i like that <laughs> that's my idea um pacific rim pacific rim was a fantastic film that got a not so great sequel let's have a prequel 
let's see the first breach because they had no Jaegers. How did they cope? You know, how much military effort did it take? I'd like to see just what mankind did uh their first response you know how long it took how much devastation there was so that would be a really awesome prequel and if they wanted to they could do it as a series so they don't have to have the big budget you know they need and we focus on the people and so we have it could be the scientists it could be military it could be civilian but either way it's people that are trying to figure out what's going on and how to be safe during the initial attack from the first kaiju because i think you can play that with so many different ways i said you've got the scientists who are just like what's going on it can be like a, like a shin godzilla type thing we've got the military who are going to be trying to fight this no idea what they're up against how they figure it out and we've got people who are just you know, living their daily lives and then suddenly they see a monster rampaging through the city well i can be on you know they're watching tv and they see it you know you're like wow it's me i don't want cloverfield i don't want shaky cam but i do want to see uh individuals perspective of how it's going on how it's affecting their you know their their so their work their family life you know what what's it going to do to you it, that that can be a really great grounded series that doesn't need a huge budget it's just a few you know big money shots here and then but mostly we're focusing on the people and their reactions to the situation it's on a really similar note and I know Netflix is doing either a series or film this, but Gears of War, which is a very similar thing, just not with giants. Kind of, they're the locusts. They're more mankind creatures, but they do have some really big monsters like this, the spidery thing that I can't remember the names, um, and the 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 big ogre type thing that's got guns on his arms. Um, anyway, Gears of War. There's the locusts that come up on Emergence Day, E-Day. So let's have either a big budget Hollywood film showing Emergence Day, showing everyone going about their lives and then suddenly from up from the earth, because that's, you know, they've been living underground, they come up from the earth and they invade our cities. That could be epic. It's Again, it's going to be similar to Pacific Rim or like my earlier suggestion, we'll do another series. We'll do what the what the soldiers are going through because you know they're they're fighting there there's a resistance who are, who are alive and trying to fight back so we can follow pockets of these these soldiers you know and how they have coped where they were on e-day it's going to be it'll be like independence day but they won't win at the end because it's gonna be a much hard fought battle with more like um falling skies it'll be that that's the vibe i'm thinking but with the gears of war franchise which has really cool creatures and it doesn't have to have characters from the game, but they could cameo, I think. It would just be cool. I think uh, Dave Bautista's been either cast or petitioning to play the lead Marcus Phoenix in that. So I want to see that. And I think I'm going to see that. I'll wait and see. Keeping on the, the video game uh, train there, Metroid. Metroid, for those that don't know, is about a bounty hunter called Samus Aran. And she. Well, she's a badass bounty hunter, really, and she's um, fighting these space pirates. And there's this creature called a Metroid, which is like this little blob, like a little green blob with a, a red brain membrane thing and a few little claws. And it will clip onto you and drain your life force. It's like a 
vampire, effectively, a, a floating vampire, if you will. And there's a whole planet of them, just like Alien. It's very much like Alien. And she wants to obviously destroy all of them, wipe them out because they're a menace. You know, if that if that gets to Earth or to a civilization, they're all doomed. Um, but by Met Super Metroid on the SNES, uh, there's one baby Metroid left that they keep in a lab and it's grown quite attached to Samus, kind of follows her around. It, it's friendly, but it gets kidnapped by this by Ridley, who works the Space Pirates because they're going to, I don't know, they must be using it for something um, for its evil powers. But either way, she is a really cool bounty hunter and you could have just her adventures going around as a space bounty hunter, traveling to different planets, you know, just you know, doing justice or whatever she's paid to do and i think that i think it might be quite difficult it'd be quite expensive probably to do all the different planets and, and creatures but it would be really cool and while i don't know how it would go down you could almost have it as a mandalorian i don't know if the the baby metroid's gonna be as cute as baby yoda it's a bit more threatening or if it's not threatening then it's kind of not going in line with the game so i don't know how that'll go down but it's an idea i'm just i'm just throwing things out there now the other thing i would like to say as a missed opportunity was was the guyver series because we had we've had guyver in the 80s we had guyver in the 2000s we had guyver the uh, original short movie and then we had two live actions as well so it's it's definitely popular enough it seems i think we need another live action let's go let's go hollywood again i think steve wang did a great job but i want to see what it's like now you know it's been a long time since then special effects have come a long way they could really do the guyver and the zonoids just justice because the zonoids if you don't know are basically men women they're people who transform into horrible monsters like really powerful monsters so all the stories that you've heard about werewolves and, and dracula and stuff they're saying they're the early versions of these zoonoids who are now getting more and more um elaborate you know there's one that harnesses electricity there's one that has acid for blood there's there's all sorts and they're really really cool and the guyvers like iron man or you know ultraman but he has like these knives that come out of his elbows so he can cut things up he's got a little laser in his um head that right on the on the i remember the anime series he like shoots one of their eyeballs out so it's extremely graphic and it would just be great to see this r18 r-rated you know like deadpool level gory scary monster thing i just think that you the transformations alone would be awesome now and i would love absolutely love to see that so hollywood if you're listening come on let's get the guyver back for a reboot reimagining whatever you want to call it let's just let's just have a live action guyver again while we're speaking of hollywood alien versus predator do we want enough one i i don't know if we do we definitely don't need one but what we saw in Alien vs. Predator Requiem, which I know is probably one of the most hated ones, is we got to see the aliens on Earth, which we I think I'm sure lots of people 
definitely including me, have wanted to see. And we got glimpses of them in, um, I think it was in a, in a house or apartment block where they had started to form it in their in their own way, much like the um, like in Aliens, LV426, where they had it all gooey and alieny. You know, they're hiding in the ceilings, they're coming out of the goddamn walls. Let's give them a bit more time to colonize our planet. So the aliens drop in, they start to spread. Um, the government quickly, I don't know, puts a barrier around it somehow. I don't. There's 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 going to be a plot device that someone smarter than me can think of. But I just want to see squads of marines going in and going in familiar places, so like going into a big shop. You know, like the the the, the malls in America. Or, uh, or something like that. And so we see the escalators, we see the shops that we know, but it's all been like, terraformed into the alien planet. Well, not the alien planet, but however the aliens live. And so now it's like familiar meets alien and we get a really good squad, like really, you know, really well acted, really well written. And we just have, it can be just really close quarters. It doesn't have to have a huge project, it's just a close quarters film about seeing what the aliens have done and us attempting you know to, to win back our planet or win back our shopping mall just just something that's that's what i want to see i don't think we're going to get it but um that's what i want to see and bouncing off that before i wrap up because i i've been waffling now shin godzilla ended with the tail and coming out of the tail were the little humanoid godzillas now humanoid godzillas that look that terrifying deserve to be seen on screen so please toho do it as a spin-off or as an anime or however you like but i would love to see where that was going because we would see for the first time these little humanoid godzillas we'd see people be able to react to godzilla this new this new final form of godzilla on a street level he's no longer this you know big thing where we're looking out the window looking up and seeing him no we're more like the host now we're down in the streets we're running scared from all these little godzilla creatures that have come off him i think that would be an amazing horror even there's just a few of them you know you could do that with a family or a group of survivors that are being hunted by one or two of them and they've got to try and make it to the safe zone for evacuation it'd be like uh the that one where there's the you can't make a noise what's that called i've completely drawn a blank the quiet place the quiet place they can't make a noise and they're creeping around they're trying to get supplies from the shops because and because the, these godzilla things we don't maybe they can't see i don't know they, they look terrifying um but that's that's the vibe i'd really want to go for something like that where it is just really tense edge of your seat will the family survive is this now person-sized godzilla going to find them and i think that's enough talk for me so thank you for listening to my rants um i don't know if we're doing it if nothing else but i'm gonna go i'm gonna go with it. if nothing else which the others will probably suggest as well i now want to know what your top missed opportunity is so put in the comments below if you're on youtube write it on our facebook group if you're um just listening to this on on spotify or youtube so, yeah iTunes or whatever uh, just say say what 
either film or IP, just what what would you, what's your dream film that you want to see? And with that, I'm going to pass over to Joe. And until next time, keep it kaiju. All right, so here we go. Joe's top unused plots that I'd like to see. Um, first of all, I'm going to give a shout out to the original creature from the Black Lagoon. Um, we have a character, the captain of the ship, who says that people in the region have known that this character, this creature, has existed and he's been a part of their folklore and lives for who knows how long. What I would like to see is the interaction of indigenous people or a culture or civilization, perhaps when there was more than one creature. You'd think there would be for there to be one. Um, and I would just like to see those interactions, perhaps cultural, religious aspects, how they interacted with the species, just what was going on there. And then this one, you know, the final one, um, could be like the culmination, like the end result of that. Like they're gradually going extinct or because people are interrupting their natural breeding cycles or something like that. I would just like to see the prequel, as it were, to the creature from the Black Lagoon. I feel like we got a great spiritual sequel in the shape of water. And I'm very thankful for that. But I would also like to see what was going on before then. Or I would like to see, you know, like native people, like just having a rough go of it with the creature. Like what if the same thing had gone down and it was a group of native fishermen? Um, the scientists, those crazy scientists who are always poking and prodding where they don't need to be, they set that one off, the last one, quote unquote. So what's to say that this couldn't have happened before? What would have happened then? Additionally, you know, like that's an interesting thought. What if our creature from the Black Lagoon, the one that we know, the Gill Man, wasn't the last one? What if like his mom or pop came looking for him and then went berserk? after he was gone or taken from them. I think that that would be an interesting avenue to pursue. But you know, like that's an existing IP that there could be a lot more going on with it, but instead we follow a single creature's story. Whereas with werewolves, with vampires, they keep branching out. There's always a new story there. So the creature from Black Lagoon may be more niche and he may be like a very specialist design you couldn't really do too terribly much with, but I think if you look at it from different lenses, it would be really cool. So that's the first one I'm gonna give a shout out to because I feel like in terms of making that happen, you don't really need that much to do so. You just need the creativity to write it all down and, you know, boat or, you know, some great costume effects. There you go. Um, the next one, I've mentioned it more than once on this podcast. I'm really in love with the idea of some of Toho's space kaiju and where they come from, their origin stories. So Ghidorah, which is one of Toho's big five, shall we call them? Um, Ghidorah is like this epic creature, like truly incredible. And we know virtually nothing about Ghidorah's backstory. In the original Showa um, movies, Ghidorah is either just a wandering force of nature through space or a mind-controlled minion of an advanced alien race. So we kind of get an either-or there, but was Ghidorah made? Or was Ghidorah some cosmic creature that was around for billions of years, millions of years, who knows? But I would like to see 
advanced alien civilizations versus Ghidorah. Where, where's that? Because, you know, Ghidorah keeps coming to Earth, that's fine, but this terror of the cosmos, as it were, like, had to have been through some stuff, had to have seen things. People, alien civilizations must have fallen to Ghidorah and the gradual decline of those civilizations. Like, imagine, for, if we will, like, there's like a Star Wars-type universe and Ghidorah gradually wipes out all of these civilizations in that galaxy before moving on. That kind of thing. And then, like, the gradual, gradual rebuilding of that, like, is it coming back? We don't know. So that's cool. And along a similar line, like, Gigan. So if you watch Godzilla vs. Gigan, the original Showa film, we know that Gigan's a cyborg. So there's biological and mechanical parts going on inside this critter. So I don't really care how you slice that. Gigan's had a tough go of it. Um, there's no operation where he could have done all the things with Gigan that he wouldn't have been in tremendous, it, sorry, wouldn't have been in tremendous pain at some point or another. And you also get the impression that Gigan is sentient. So we have Gigan being controlled, but at the same time in Godzilla versus Megalon, Gigan isn't being controlled, they just send Gigan. And you get a certain amount of malicious glee from Gigan. Gigan's a psycho, but... Was it always a psycho? What did Gigan's original organic form look like? Why did Gigan get put through this? What was Gigan like before it was put through this? I think that's really interesting. So if you want to splice Ghidorah and Gigan together, say Gigan was like one of the last ditch efforts of an alien race to combat Ghidorah. Say like this last creature volunteered itself to be spliced with cybernetic attachments, fought Ghidorah, but it was too late, like civilization was gone. And now as a result, this critter's just like a mercenary psycho hire kaiju that just goes around space. And that's why aliens have recruited it. And now it winds up working with Ghidorah. I mean, like that could be like the and mind control to boot. So like, it could be like the ultimate insult. Like Gigan could have a very fascinating backstory in addition to being a cleverly designed kaiju, but it's just always like, oh yeah, alien cyborg. The backgrounds of these characters could be amazing. So the other stuff, and I feel like IDW is doing a good job of kind of exploring IPs with Godzilla. I'm try not to stay too much on Toho, but because of the catalog, there's opportunities. Pacific Islanders and Godzilla, like again, this was a creature that was part of their like culture, and we don't really delve that far into it. So IDW is currently doing, you know, like Godzilla and pirates, you know, like Godzilla back in time. We've had a couple different iterations and sprinklings of that through Dark Horse and IDW. And each time it's a load of fun. But what I would like to see is unmutated Godzilla interact or that species interacting with Pacific Islanders. Now we know that like, however long lived Godzilla should be, you know, it would be nice to like have like a species going through like the Pacific Islands and just seeing people interacting with those. Or if you want to take a step back from that, Titanosaurus. I'm a huge Titanosaurus fan. I'm not going to lie. Um, I've mentioned it more than once in the podcast, but here you have like a giant benthic behemoth of a creature, and it's always just existed just the way it was. That's a Shoah character. Like it, it is literally just a dinosaur, and it's on par with Godzilla, at least in terms of fighting. Maybe no breath, but you know, it could, could definitely throw down. So we've had that creature or that species just hanging about, 
could there be an opportunity for that? Like you talk about like all these Polynesians myths and legends about, you know, like monsters, storms coming alive, things like that. Titanosaurus, you know, whipping up storms, whatever. It's like be an awesome story, but there we go. Um, Kong. Let's talk about Kong. You know, like, again, we're going mainstream here, but I think Joe DeVito does an amazing Kong because you explore Kong's backstory and Kong's species. I think a lot of backstories, you know, like, they're absolutely fantastic, and Joe DeVito's Kong deserves the limelight. Now, it's getting a video game now, which is really cool, but Joe DeVito's Kong is infinitely more interesting than the King Kong that Legendary is giving us. The Legendary is giving us a bruiser King Kong. Great. Like, we haven't seen that before. Just Kong whooping on whatever. That's just been, like, the story of that character. But what Joe DeVito gave us was a sympathetic Kong, and you go through that history of that species and how they were bred into existence and how the human beings of those islands, you know, interacted with them, how the civilization rose and fell, that's a backstory worth bringing to the screen. But we don't hear about it. Why? And I think that part of that is just because, like, studios assume that monster movie fans wouldn't want to see something more interesting. So I'm going to be done harping about King Kong for a second here. Um... Additionally, like plots that I'm really interested in is just like in a war, like I really liked Pacific Rim in the sense that, you know, it was kind of post-apocalyptic that Kaiju had kind of been a part of world culture and we developed ways to fight them and everything, but it was kind of like at a stalemate and then we won. What if the Kaiju won? What if the Kaiju won? I'm really interested in that from a standpoint, like human beings going underground and just surviving amongst them. Now you have that in the Netflix Godzilla, the future earth Godzilla. And I think a lot of people will say that that went in, in a new direction, but maybe not in the best way. I would like to see something just about the day-to-day -day lives of those individuals or like a series developed for that. That'd be really cool. And I'm sorry that like I brought Godzilla back into this, but I want to see a kaiju mythos like that but i want to see it more drawn out i don't want to see like three lackluster films i just want to see the whole thing and then you know we're going to go over to a you know die one gamera we got to mention gamera right so gamera in the 90s films was created by an atlantean civilization and the mythos for that, even though it's like a couple paragraphs and the script of that story, the original Guardian of the Universe film, um, like it was their last hope. And it was combating Gauss. And obviously they had tinkered with genetics in a way that they ought not to have. So where was that movie, that film, that series? That would be amazing. Can we not have that? I feel like continually having Gamera in the modern day is kind of an insult to a character that who we know has a history and an interaction with humans that goes back thousands of years. Why not? So again, like maybe I'm, I'm generalizing here, but I keep going like back to backstories or prequels, but exploring characters who have 
been beaten to death in the modern day, shall we say. I, I feel like that's a really interesting way to go because it fleshes out the character in a way that would be more interesting for audiences and they might go back to films which have been previously made. I feel like that's a win-win for any studio or IP. Alternatively, you could throw creatures far into the future. So again, like you go back to the Godzilla Earth, like we've done that. Well, okay, that's fine. But if we look at things through a different lens, like say Mecha King Ghidorah, again, I'm sorry, I'm going back to Godzilla, but like, let's talk about dredging Mecha King Ghidorah up and do just a series about bringing Ghidorah back and putting on the cybernetic attachment so that we have Mecha King Ghidorah from Ghidorah. Like that's worth a series. Like, like just the process of bringing Ghidorah up from the bottom of the ocean, bringing it back to life. When you get it in a stable condition, how do you keep it asleep? How do you get Ghidorah's buy-in for these attachments and stuff? And then, you know, like the plan, getting the funding, like all this stuff, like it may sound boring, but you can make a series out of that. And then you could end it with going back in time to fight Godzilla in like 1991, 92, whenever it was. And I think that that would be a really fun futuristic show. So I guess, you know, like my takeaway would be it's not necessarily about you know, wasted opportunities, but it's wasted backstories with a lot of really cool characters. And that's the direction that I will always go because, and again, I've said this numerous times in the podcast that my favorite films are the ones with a lot of lore behind them. And kaiju films generally don't. I mean, like they stem, of course, you know, like, oh, we dropped a bomb and woke something up. Okay, what was that something doing beforehand? Was that something just hanging out or what was going on? I mean, again, like the legendary Godzilla, all this lore, like they go into an underwater ruined civilization, but we're probably never going to hear from that. So these are just like the things that like I want investigated. These are the cool things that I think make for a great um, mythos building opportunity. Well, that's me. Um, thank you for the opportunity to spread my word. Um, something I'm going to recommend that everybody take a look at is Joe DeVito's Kong. I recommended it multiple times on the podcast, but it is a stellar, phenomenal work. And if you get a chance to read it before uh, the new video game drops, it will probably heighten your experience. But it is Kong of Skull Island, or Kong King of Skull Island, not Kong Skull Island, which is just a legendary film. So Kong King of Skull Island by Joe DeVito. Look it up on Amazon. Readily available. There are other books that he's done which are fantastic. And that's me. And as always, folks, keep it kaiju. Hey there, and welcome back to Kaiju Curry House. This is episode 125. Alex here, and I'm going to be going through what I would love to see in kind of my own dream world if it was all down to me, what would I like to see in the world of Kaiju? But first of all, thanks for asking me the question, what have Kaiju been up to? I have actually been painting a model that Connor Baxter from Invader Design um, printed for me three years ago. And it's the famous Godzilla Tower from 1972's Godzilla vs. Gigan. You've got the famous tower this sort of model of Godzilla in this giant kind of tower. 
And yeah, I've been slowly chipping away at that. I've been painting it for quite a while now. Every so often I get together with family. We have like a model painting day. It's really wholesome. And I've been working on that. It is almost done. I will post up pictures when that is finally complete. Uh, I mentioned recently that I have just purchased the, or rather pre-ordered the X Plus 1974 Yuji Sakai, that's the Megaro Goji uh, Godzilla that appears in Godzilla vs. Megalon, Godzilla vs. Mechagodzilla, and Terror of Mechagodzilla. And it's the classic kind of pose of sort of turning, arms open, closed mouth, amazing figures. So I pre-ordered that, and that's going to come out in October, I believe. But alongside that, I've also got pre-ordered the... Yuji Sakai, a favorite sculptor line of Shin Godzilla. And a while ago, I actually owned the final form of Shin Godzilla. And it was in 30 centimeter scale X plus, but sadly I had to sell it because I needed some funds to do a bit of uh, travel over to America. So what I'm really pleased about is I'm basically buying back some of the figures that I've lost. Yeah. And the only kind of difference is with this figure is the previous one that I owned. It's the standard kind of final form that you see on the kind of the Tokyo landscape. Whereas this one, um, Shin Godzilla is kind of lit up and it's purple. So I'm really excited about that. So that's what I've been up to ordering figures. And I've been painting Invader Designs uh, Godzilla Tower, which I'm really excited to show you when that's complete. And now I wanted to kind of talk about what I would love to see if it was all down to me. So I've given it a lot of thought. And if you look at my background now, <clears throat> excuse me, if you look at my background, I've got this wonderful fan art that I've known about and like loved for many years. And this fan art that I've got behind me, you've got this kind of this wonderful scene or various kind of Jidoras, King Jidoras, whatever you want to call them, Ghidoras, and they are basically demolishing these Godzillas, except there's dozens of Jidoras in the sky, and there's dozens of Godzillas kind of fighting back, and you kind of got this war between these two sides. And the sad truth is, I don't know who did this art, if anyone watching this YouTube video can like track down for me the artist, that'd be fantastic because I'd like to properly credit them. But I've always loved this. It makes a great desktop wallpaper. And that's kind of the inspiration for my little piece now. So what would I love to see? I'd like to see an origin story about King Ghidorah. Now, just to kind of like go over King Ghidorah a little bit, you know, everyone knows him. He's one of Toho's big five. Toho's big five being Godzilla, King Ghidorah, Mechagodzilla, Rodan. I'm having a total brain fart now. I can't remember the fifth one. But you've kind of got all of the, the classic Toho big five of which King Ghidorah is included. And King Ghidorah has been in a lot of films. So, you know, go back to 1964, Ghidorah, the three-headed monster. Then one year later, Invasion of the Astro Monster. And famously, you've got the wonderful mashup in Destroy All Monsters in 1968, where you've got all of the lineup through the 60s, all against King Ghidorah. 
And that was intended to kind of be the final movie. And of course, there's always more. And then you've got tons of films where King Jidora is so important and so sought after. These, you know, he's stock footage. You see him in quite a lot of Godzilla versus Gigan, where even though he's in the film, you've got stock footage of him being bashed in other films. So King Jidora has appeared in a lot of films over the years. You know, earliest film, 1964, 1965, Invasion of the Astro Monster, Destroyer Monsters, Godzilla vs. Gigan, both in person as a suit, but then also as stock footage. You've got him in the Mothra films, because he's in Rebirth of Mothra. That's um, Mothra 3 in 1998. Then you've got GMK, Godzilla, Mothra, King Jidora. That's 2001. And then later on, you've got the more recent films. You've got the animated Godzilla, the Planet Eater in the animated film. And then, of course, most famously for us, certainly for kind of um, in a kind of modern sense, famously, we're saying, you've got him in the recent film, Godzilla, King of the Monsters. So why am I talking about this? Godzilla, sorry, King Jidora has been in over 10 movies, you know, a huge number of movies, but we've not had a decent origin story. We've not had a good origin story. And I would just love to see what Toho could do with King Jidora. You know, where is he from? Where is it from? Is King Jidora from a planet of Jidoras like you've got kind of behind me? We know that King Jidora attacks Earth. He is an invasive species. Okay, but where does he come from? You know, where in space are there other Jidoras like King Jidora? Or is he just one? I'd hope, I'd hope not. I would expect them to be one of many. So I would like to see an origin story. What could you do with that? I think that'd be fascinating to see. Um, alongside that, what would I like to see? I have been giving it a lot of thought and I've picked out a couple of trilogies uh, that I absolutely adore. So I've got here Daimogen, and that was released not that long ago by uh, Arrow Video. And they released the Daimogen trilogy, which was a series of three films. And they were all kind of released very close together. And we've not really had any new Daimogen material from Katakawa, who um, replaced Ai, excuse me, we've not had anything new for Daimajin ever since. And I just think it'd be wonderful to see something new done with Daimajin. That's kind of a big ask for me. And um, going beyond that, kind of like alongside it, I've regularly talked about this in the past, Yokai Monsters, which is a film series that I absolutely adore, also by Dai now Katakawa. You've got um, three Yokai Monsters movies. You've got 100 Monsters, Spook Warfare, and Along with Ghosts. And they're kind of strange films where they're, they're genuinely really spooky. And yet they manage to kind of have this appeal to young children as well. I, I, I can't quite explain them, but they're not quite like anything I've seen in kind of the world of sort of tokusatsu, special effects, Japanese movies. And the closest thing that you have to kind of new things being done 
you had um, a new film, The Great Yokai War by uh, Takashi uh, Miike. And that was kind of a couple of years. That was in the, when was that? Um, let's see. Let me just double check this. Great Yokai War, I've got it here. Let's see. I'm being really sloppy reading this out. Great Yokai War was released in 2005. So, you know, they are loved films, very much so. You know, you've got a big name director, Takashi Miike, taking hold of the Yokai franchise and doing something with it. And uh, if you're wondering who kind of that director is, he's done a lot of films, kind of more kind of extreme horror than kind of what I would generally gravitate towards. Takashi McKay did films like uh, Itchy the Killer. What else has he done? Um, he did uh, famously Audition. So like, you know, very kind of ultra-violent horror films, quite a lot of torture. And yet he did this quirky kind of remake, sequel, I don't know what you want to call it, but kind of a, a new vision of the yokai monsters movies uh through the yokai uh, the great yokai war and that was very well received so i would like to see more of that and i know that there is kind of talk there has been a trailer for a new yokai movie so i have high hopes for that so in terms of kind of my dreams just to kind of wrap this up things that i would like to see i would love to see an origin story about King Ghidorah. I would love to see more Daimajin and the Great Yokai War. Sorry, I'd love to see yeah, more Yokai Monsters movies. Yeah, it's, you know, it's tricky. Yeah, it's tricky to kind of like put it into words, but those are the main things I would like to see. I'm going to wrap this up. It's it's amazing how different it feels kind of just recording by myself as opposed to riffing off other people. But yeah, thanks for listening. And it's been really cool talking about this. Take care.